Good morning, good morning. You are listening to The Mixtape, your essential addition to the never-ending road trip that is parenthood. Presented by The Parent Trip. Produced and created by us, your hosts. I'm Sarah Fuller, your mermaid-haired lactation friend. And I'm Olivia Spitzer, the loudest labor doula you've ever met. And together, we're here to talk all things growing and maintaining small humans. Because parenting is a trip. So buckle up, and here we go. Good morning. Good morning, Olivia. Hi, Sarah. Um, Bondo is going to be joining us today, mostly because he's a very needy boy right now. We have a foster cat, and it makes him a very jealous dog. So It's nice to see your face, Bondo. <laughs> Hello. He's such a good boy. He really tries to be. <laughs> his goal. It's hard when you have so much energy. Yeah. Which is kind of the same with kids, I feel like. Yeah. Try. Totally true. Especially um, in the winter here. Very in uh, on the nose for our topic today. True. Um, hey, everybody. Today, Sarah and I have decided that we're going to start off 2021 with a bang um, by talking about the concept of reframing success. Yeah. Um, stick around. Talk to us. Listen to us. Uh, leave your comments below about how you have reframed success in your life. Um, but first, if you would go subscribe to our channel, uh, hit the little ding ding bell. If you want to know when we post, uh, follow us on Instagram and Facebook and Patreon. That's the Parent Trip PDX. All of it. Yep. Um, the Patreon small plug is the way that Sarah and I are able to keep making content and able to keep doing what we're doing. So if you like what's happening, you should financially support it. Even if it's to the tune of just a dollar a month, it makes a difference for us. So think about it and then go do it. Absolutely. Okay. So redefining success, uh, kind of in the scope of parenthood, right? Um, it just can, there's so many different things we can touch on today. We'll have to see if we can keep it short-ish. Um, <laughs> but it can start in pregnancy and then even through birth and postpartum and beyond. All the categories that we at The Parent Trip talk about, um, choosing what success looks like for you can be a huge part of can what, uh, what makes your parenting life happy, I think, and good. Yeah, totally. Um, I think that one of the you know they say i feel like i've seen a lot recently that like comparison is the thief of joy right yes and i would say that the opposite side of that coin is that meeting your own uh standards of success is the creator of joy right mm -hmm. so if you're able to reframe your definition of success to one that is achievable for you to something that doesn't feel like it's out of your reach then when you reach it um it's just a lot easier to feel good about it yeah. Um, and I think also figuring out what your success is, not based on other people. Um, like an example for me was when I had my first kid 10 years ago, um, I had, I kind of fell into um, this like bed sharing situation that I really loved. But the world around me, my whole community around me was very, not necessarily anti-bed sharing, but they were very much like, you're going to have to cry it out at some point. Like she should be sleeping in her own bed. Um, and so like when I would have a hard time with sleep, that would be all the advice I would get. And I let their perspective, their values, I done it like 
shift and I couldn't, I like was not fast in what I valued. Um, but then once I, as a parent kind of settled into that, like, no, I know what I want. I like snuggling my baby in bed and I'm safe doing it. Then when those voices came in or I would see other people's success stories with cry it out, right? Then I, d I didn't internalize it in the same way. Yeah, totally. And I think that's why Sarah and I feel strongly about talking about this as a reframe and not as, you know, like making your own or like some other really macho way to talk about it <laughs> because really success is whatever we name it, right? So maybe in your pre-pregnant life, success was for you was getting out and running four mornings a week before you started work, right? Every time you hit that fourth run, you were like, yes, I did it this week. I feel good about it. How do you reframe that when you're pregnant in order to take into account what this new body and new self needs, right? Mm -hmm. It's not that now you're failing. It's not the binary of success right. and failure. It's about where on the spectrum do you want to call this is my success? Yeah. I remember during our last parent trip, someone asked uh, Liz Winters a question about um, like working out through your nausea or like pushing through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's just, you're in a different, your body is different. It's changed. And so you have to refigure out what, what is going to work for you. And, and one pregnancy is going to be totally different from another, like yes. just because in your first pregnancy you had, a, it was breezy and you still went running four times a week. Doesn't uh -huh. mean your second pregnancy is going to be the same way or vice versa. Like for me with my first kid, um, nursing was super hard. And when I pumped, nothing came out. And then with my second kid, it was fine. And the pump actually worked for my body. It was super, you know, it's just so strange how our bodies work, but it's also very magical. Um, and so just embracing that and being willing to reevaluate as each time your body shifts from pre-pregnancy to pregnancy to postpartum back to pregnancy, all those things, like each thing is a shift and it's all going to be different. Yeah. So one of the first <laughs> things that I wanted to talk about when it comes to <coughs> reframing success, um, when you are a parent is, uh, I want to talk about evaluating that success and kind of the time that you give yourself to do it. So um, as many of you know, I'm an ex-theater person. I guess there's no ex. Like I'm just, I will always be. A always. Thespian for life. <laughs> but, um, but one of the things that I have left over from my time working professionally in theater is that um, my instinct, my knee-jerk reaction is to think that literally anything can be done in three months, which is how long it takes you to put a show up. And so I'm always like, oh, I'm going to remodel my backyard or I'm going to completely change my career or I'm going to whatever. And I only need three months to do it. That's all I need. So my first tip about reframing your own success, whatever point you're at, is to really look at what is your knee-jerk reaction for time? Are you thinking that in order to be successful, you need this changed by next week? Are you thinking that in order to be successful, you need it changed in three months like me? And are you being realistic with yourself? Something that I love to tell my clients is that in postpartum, we do not evaluate success day by day. We evaluate it in two-week chunks. Can you look back to two weeks ago and are you at a different place than you were then? Because if you evaluate it day by day, newborns go up and down in everything all the time. Yeah. And so you're just going to feel like a failure if you're comparing today to yesterday to Monday, right? Yeah. So I'm working on recognizing that parts of my life take longer than three months to change. And I just really, the first thing I just want to say is that I want to encourage you to take the time to look at 
I've set this goal for myself. It's January. Everyone's doing that, right? I've set this goal for myself. I've set this project. How much time am I thinking just without being intentional about it that it's going to take? And is that realistic? Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things that I like to tell my clients postpartum is um, how long can you do this for? Um, because sometimes it is about like long-term goals and wanting to see like big change over time. But also sometimes like those moments just feel like they're dragging on forever and you just can't do it any longer, you know? And so reframing it to like, this is not about if you continue nursing until six months, this is not about if you are getting a full night's sleep, this is about the next like three days. Let's make a plan that you can stick to for three days. Um, and then you can, and and create what you want to do for those three days. And that can be your success. And that's the super short term, but that can give you this momentum. I feel like to be like, wow, that really worked or poof. No, that is out. I got some, I need something else. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, another thing that I thought of to talk about with reframing success is also, um, I feel like a lot of us, a lot of the people I talk to, um, a lot of my clients, uh, we in this culture like to call success a finished product, a like check box, right? Yeah. I've got my list of things to do and it's not success until I've checked the box. Um, so if you're like that, I'm like that. If you're like that, uh, <laughs> then one of the things that I recommend is, um, being realistic with yourself about how many check boxes you can actually get in a day and what quantifies as a checkbox. So for example, I like a clean house, right? I work with many clients who feel that way as well. Putting houses clean on your list is an unreasonable expectation when you have a newborn, right? Yeah. So let's break that down. Let's break that down into the garbage went out, into a load of laundry started, a load of laundry got moved, a load yeah. of laundry came out of the dryer. Like, right? Like, let's not just call it laundry. Let's break it into these things. Because yeah. if you know that part of your dopamine pleasure release is getting that checkbox, like, then let's make all the boxes. Let's break <laughs> it down, right? Yeah. Let's turn laundry into a five-step process, because that's what it really is anyway. Yeah. Um, because you got to bring it from wherever it is, and then you got to fold it, right? Those are, it's, it's a lot. Um, and you go from you know, pre-baby, you could probably do all those five steps in like a two hour period without being interrupted other than yeah. like things that, you know, you have to wait for the laundry, but you know, once it's done, you pull it out, you fold it, you put it away all uninterrupted. Well, once you have a new baby somewhere in there, someone's going to poop. Someone's going to throw up. <laughs> someone's going to be hungry. Yeah. You know, you're going to get interrupted along the way. So if you can at least get little chunks of those pieces checked, right? Um, it's, a, it's a good feeling. So it's about breaking down that list into more manageable pieces and then also being realistic with yourself about how many are you really going to try and get done. If I like my goal when my baby is 1 month old is to check 3 boxes today. So part of it is about breaking down those big to-do items like laundry into 5 pieces and part of it's also just about being realistic about how many pieces can you actually get done today. If you have a one-month-old at home, maybe you're, hi, yes, I'm still here with you. Maybe your <laughs> tap-out list is at three, right? And those three things can include taking a shower, taking a walk, and bringing laundry down to the basement where it needs to get washed. Whether or not it actually starts, you've already done your three things today. You're done. Yeah. 
One of the things I like about that is that if you have these little tiny steps, when someone comes to see the baby, you can be like, there's this one thing, small thing. Like I just need someone to move it from the washer to the dryer or, yeah. you know, it's like a much smaller thing than saying, Hey, will you do some laundry for me? Right? Like it's a very, um, clear, this is what I'm asking for. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, so one of the other ways that I think about reframing success with parenthood is also, um, kind of, I alluded to it earlier, like the values that you want for yourself. So like with my line of work with lactation that aligns with, do you want to breastfeed? If that's not something that you want at all for, there's a variety of reasons people choose not to nurse their babies. Um, then knowing that success for you is not even trying um, and having like a very clear communication at the beginning with your support team that this is not something I want. Um, <clears throat> and then it's up to them to respect it but you've, you've put that out there. This is my thing. If you do want to nurse, you know, thinking about, do I want to do this as long as it works for me? Do I want to make it to six months? Like kind of figuring out what you want. And I know Olivia, you have plenty of thoughts around like childbirth, right? Like deciding, do I want to have a vaginal birth? Do I want to have a medicated birth? Those kind of things. Mm -hmm. Just because some, someone over here says you should do it with no medication and at home, but you, and then someone over here says you should have a cesarean. Like there's a whole spectrum there. And what works for you is your success. It shouldn't be measured based on either of those ends of the spectrum. Yeah, I definitely, um, Professor Emily Oster, who wrote uh, Expecting Better. I was like, oh my God, I completely blanked on the name. Of that. <laughs> um, she wrote Expecting Better. She also wrote Crib Sheet for people with toddlers. Um, she's amazing. And one of the things that she talks about often is that good decision-making is a combination of the empirical data and your subjective values. And when you put those two things together and you make a decision, you've made a good decision. It doesn't matter if it's the same as someone else's because their values are going to be different. So you just yeah. need the good evidence and your own priorities, and then you can make a good decision and it doesn't have to include anyone else's priorities or values, right? Yeah. I love that. I love her. And that's a big part of kind of your job, right? Is um, for you as a labor doula is working, yeah. walking people through that process of finding that good data. And same with me with lactation, right? As far as um, why you would choose one or the other, like finding that good data, figuring out what's based in fact, and then weighing it with what your kind of hopes and dreams and, um, and reality yeah. is. Totally. I mean, honestly, the thing that I tell people, I often have people ask me during my initial consults when they're trying to decide whether or not we're a good fit to work together. I often have people ask me like, what's your ideal birth? Like what's the dream birth situation? And I was like, honestly, my bar for success as a professional doula is where my clients, did my clients have an experience where they were never made to feel afraid or ashamed? Yeah. And that's it. That's yeah. my bar, right? If we can get there, then we've had a successful birth, whether that baby was born with the use of pain medication, without, vaginally, belly birth, like it doesn't matter to me. It truly doesn't. Like, were you made to feel safe and unashamed? Then that's a win. Yeah. So that's how I, that's my success, right? That's my frame um, of success. So maybe think about what's yours when it comes to, maybe you're starting solids with your kid, right? 
and you're trying to navigate, like, are we breastfeeding less? Are we like, what should he or she be eating? What is this? Like, try and think about what is your level of success? Is your level of success, we try a new food every week? Is your level of success that my kid isn't hungry when they go to bed? Like, what is, where is it? Because right. you can make that bar as high or as low as you want it to be. And as long as you internalize it, it's it's true for you. Yeah, I mean, there are definitely folks who are like super focused on organic foods that are, that want to make all of it at home. Um, there are folks that do only store-bought. There's folks that do baby-led weaning where they're not actually getting purees at all. Like there's all these different choices and they're not necessarily one better than the other. You can certainly do your research on what does organic mean for our bodies. You can um, look at the the budget budgetary piece for your family. Um, baby-led weaning has some interesting science behind it. And you just, you look at it all and you figure out what's, what's the best thing for you. Yeah, totally. And honestly, you can apply this to any part of parenting, right? Yeah. So we've talked about pregnancy. We've talked about postpartum. Talking about when you have older kids, I think that, you know, I've been having conversations with some of my friends who have older kids and they're talking about their relationships to their partners. And they're like, mm -hmm. how do I connect with this person more? How do, this is a goal I have, right? So my suggestion is just look at what are your first thoughts is your first thought that you're measuring success with your partner by the number of date nights you go on and like how can you how can you reframe that especially in a pandemic like what does it mean it's how many times you make each other laugh not that you should be counting but i just mean how can how can you break that down how can you take yep. your first thought of what success is and how can you turn it into something different smaller more manageable more achievable yeah and like circling way back just to the beginning, like stop comparing to other people. Other people have great ideas. It's not bad to like, you know, I talk to Olivia about, I ask, you know, what, what they do. I like to, to hear how they're doing their life. And sometimes I, uh, example, uh, since we're talking about relationships, my husband and I have started saying, I appreciate you to each other. That came from Olivia. Uh, and it feels ridiculous because we've never done it in our 13 years of marriage. But, but it's, it, uh, first of all, it makes us smile because we know that we're putting effort in and it, it is silly to be ridiculous, right? Um, but it's also starting to feel more normal and we're both sometimes really bad about verbally like showing each other that we appreciate the things that we do for each other. And so, you know, it, it's good to hear what other people do, are doing, especially when you're a parent and like you don't have time to read parenting books. You don't, trust me, <laughs> you know, but like it's like this fine razor's edge, I guess is what it is when you go into the parenting Facebook groups or the blogs. Um, it's great to get that information. It's great to get ideas from each other, but don't think that they have it right. You have to figure out what feels right for you while still having community and hearing what other people are doing. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, like, I think that the last piece to say about success in 2021, I will vouch sarah and i are filming this at the very end of 2020 it's december 29th we have no idea what it looks like on the other side of that veil we don't know but if 2021 is going to be at all like 2020 which we know it kind of will be we need to just be kind with ourselves about what that success means you know don't don't resist the urge to make january 1 the day you decide to change everything about your life Yes. We're all coping. We're here. We made it to here. 
We made it to 2021. Yeah. I'm partially recording this for myself to watch when we post this. <laughs> we made it. It's right here. Class by itself, right? Yeah. So let's just acknowledge that and start from there. Yeah, I like that a lot. Be kind to yourself. Yeah. Little, little so baby steps. The amount of time you're giving yourself to get something done. Yeah. Break it down into smaller steps mm -hmm. and really just try and combine the data of what you're trying to do with your own values. And you're going to make a good choice. Yeah. We think you're doing it already. You're doing great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could go on forever about it. It's just hard as a parent. You know, you, you're in it and you want to do it right. And you want to feel like you're being a good parent. But chances are, if you're here listening to us talk about this, you already are. Yeah. All right. Well, here's to 2021 and small incremental good things. Small incremental good things. <laughs> We're going to make a shirt. That's <laughs> a really tiny font. Small incremental good things. Yes. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, thank you, Olivia, for talking to me about this. Yeah. Good job, everybody. You got this. Yes. Yes, we do. <laughs> Thanks for watching. If you love what we're up to. We hope so. And you want to hang out with us more. We like you too. Wherever you're watching. Or listening. You should be sure to subscribe so you'll get notified when we post something new. Be the person in the know. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Parent Trip PDF. Virtual connection is just so in these days. And if you really like us. I mean, why wouldn't you? Olivia. Okay. You can support us through our Patreon. We do resource fairs, informational panels, and our conversation series all for free. So anyone can access it. That is actually super important to us. So by joining our Patreon, you make more content possible and make our hearts very glad. Thanks. Thanks.